0: Paul Ford Richard Ziade This is a big day Well, people can't see why Well, first off, let's tell people what this is This is Track Changes Welcome to Track Changes The official podcast of Postlight a digital product studio in New York City. We make your apps, we make your platforms, we make your websites, and we're good at it. Damn good at it. Real good at it. Yep. And we are talking to you from our offices on Fifth Avenue Mm -hmm. in New York City, very close to Union Square Park. And we are talking to you from our very own brand new podcast studio. Boom. We are in our office there are a lot of books here. We've hung some curtains. There's a plant. There are people walking around outside. I can actually hear boots. So if if you hear that, it's not someone creeping up on you. It's just the sound of digital products being built at a digital studio and also probably somebody getting a Diet Coke out of the fridge or a pretzel. Yeah, you yes. won't hear the chewing because we did that level of sound insulation. But yeah, it's an old building with creaky boards. Yes. So, Rich, there is somebody very special on this podcast today.
1: Tell me. Talk to me, Paul Ford. Michael Sippy. And when you say Sippy, you mean Sippy. S-I-P-P-E-Y.
0: Right. So, first of all, we have to ask him about this, but this this might be a person who may be the, the first blogger. Is that true? It's actually real. And... Yes, we do tend to talk a little bit too much about ye olden days of the internet. I yeah, but Michael has recently been through the full intense startup experience. Yep, and in the meantime, he was VP of product at Twitter. So he's seen it all. He's seen literally like the thing. He right. stared into the maw of the beast. Right. So let's uh, let's get him on. He is joining us via Skype. This is our first ever Skype
1: podcast. Don't hype this up. We're a tech shop, dude. Don't hype it up too much. I... Skype should be like a totally casual thing for us.
0: Seriously, plugging <laughs> wires in. I would much rather build a REST API than plug wires into boxes. <laughs> Everything goes wrong. Um, hey, Michael Sippy, are you on the line?
2: Uh, I'm, on, I'm on the line. There was, uh, There was. was the, the Skype noise happened. There were buttons that were pressed and uh, I'm here now. It's very yeah. exciting.
0: It's really exciting to have you on. So, is it fair so to wait, say oh, that you
2: were? Oh, wait f- a minute. Wait a minute. What, first thing, honest to God, first Skype interview. Yes. Incredible.
1: Yeah. I mean, do so you well, guys we, like
2: actually have like microphones? Oh yeah, we're all set up with with people that are in New York.
0: We've been going to a studio and recording, and we decided when we moved to our new office that we would build the podcast studio out in the office. There you S- go. Since we do it all the time, it allows us to be a little more flexible and casual. So this is our first, uh, yep. our first in-office recording. Tom, uh, Tom Myers has built this a studio. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. So, Michael, welcome. Is it fair to say you were the first blogger? No.
2: <laughs> it's not fair. It's, uh, uh, I think it's fair to say one of the first, I don't know, 15 or 20. There's uh, Scott Rosenberg, who uh, is a great journalist and writes for Back Channel, did a uh, book about blogging back when uh, books about blogging were a thing. Um, and not just like, here's how to have a great small business blog that will drive all of your SEO for you forever. He did like a history of blogging and, and kind of what it meant for journalism. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a chapter in there about kind of the early days of blogging and, you know, I'll give credit to Dave Weiner and, you know, Joran Barger and like all the, all those guys, but,
1: uh, yeah, probably one of the first, I don't know, dozen or 20, something like that. That's still pretty damn amazing.
2: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, basically, like, I wanted to learn HTML, and I mm-hmm. was an English major, and I figured out, like, I had been sending email to friends that had email addresses. This was the mid-90s, and wanted to figure out how to put stuff on the web, and so I started to put up, um, I guess what we'd call now, uh, uh, hot takes on uh, media and technology and culture back in, like, 95, and then started to do link blogging in, like, 96, and Wow, uh, something like that. So it was, uh, yeah, very early. Uh, one of the
0: things, one of the things you did that was, I, I remember really specifically, is that you had a feature called "Just One Question," yeah. and where you would ask someone just one question, and it was clever and fun and short. And this is also kind of the age of things like "suck" were happening, and there was an editorial sensibility in the new medium. And I always sort of felt that you were one of those people that brought a sense of edit a sense of writing and a sense of craft into this medium where uh it actually just hadn't existed before it had been weird faqs and you know pages about mushrooms and llamas and suddenly there were these voices that popped up
1: yeah for I context really wanna, yeah, paul where
0: what number are you oh i was in i don't know i couldn't tell you i mean you're I, in the hundreds i started writing yeah, online probably. in
1: 97 so okay that's when i started yeah. Yeah. Actually, yes. but nobody read my stuff. Everybody read your stuff.
0: No early day. I would say I had 50 readers a day for three
1: years. Okay. Yeah. So let's fast forward. So that's well, Michael. Yeah, I want to hop. I want to hop through Michael's life. Can yeah. Let's do, do it. Let's do it, Michael. I'm going to throw out a year, and you okay. tell me where you were and what was going on in. Oh God. 300 characters. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Ninety nine. I
2: like this. 99, uh, 99. I was working for Viant, uh, which was an internet consulting firm, kind of at the height of the dot com craziness.
1: Okay. 2002. 2002, Viant's gone. I don't know who Viant is, but they're gone.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they were gone. So Viant, uh, Viant is gone by then. Uh, I left Viant into beginning of 2000, seeing the kind of writing on the wall. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was, uh, working with some friends on a, email services startup called CURIS. uh the best part of the company was the team i was working with great people like uh heather champ and leslie harpold and gino lambright like just really fantastic people um and doing kind of crazy uh complicated email programs for charles schwab and company
0: okay so the early days of internet advertising and marketing
2: yes okay Very early days. And I was also raising, at that point, 2002, I was raising a two-year-old.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. And I know for a fact you went and got an MBA somewhere along the line. Did you have it by then?
2: I did have it by then. I got that. I graduated uh, from Haas in 98. Okay. I'm older than many of your listeners probably. So are we. 2005. 2005, I was working for Six Apart uh, as VP of Product, working on movable type and type pad. Oh wow! Uh, and we were probably working uh, on uh, building Vox at that point.
0: Okay, okay. which the which Vox. listeners may not realize has nothing to do with Vox Media. Nothing right. to do with the it. maker nothing. of.
2: There were no explainers. No Vox, explainers. Right. No cards. What
0: was Vox? It was a
2: Vox was a blogging Vox was a blogging social network. Um, I couldn't understand friend, it. I remember it. And I didn't understand. And, friending and following, and essentially, we were trying to to. We we're trying to make blogging simpler uh and accidentally made it much more complex
0: so i mean this was a world of uh six apart with uh movable type typepad vox yep. and live journal and live journal live so, journal no but at that point that was it it all seems kind of small now cuz of things right, like that facebook was the world. Yeah. but that was the internet those yeah. were the so so you were a leader uh, at a place which had four of the largest platforms online. Well, three plus Fox.
2: Three plus Fox,
1: exactly. Three Sorry. Plus Fox. <laughs> totally fair. 2011.
2: 2011, we had sold Six Apart. I was working for uh, Say Media. We had sold Six Apart to, to VideoEgg. We had renamed the company Say Media, and we launched ExoJane uh, with Jane Pratt. So I was working a lot with Jane Pratt at the time, which was a blast, Uh, As well as um, Ted Reingold, we had bought Dogster and Catster, and we were essentially trying to build a new media company.
0: You made all of that up. None of that making up words. Yeah, didn't expect that for an interview. I gotta say, Michael, when somebody says Video Egg, I get I I get a bad feeling.
2: Uh, I think that's why we renamed the company.
1: (laughs) 2014. We're getting close. 2013, let's let's go tighten it up.
2: Yeah, 2013 I was uh, working at Twitter, running uh, the consumer product team and the design team, and doing crazy things like working with Tom Hoffman on Vine and uh, managing a big team. Michael, you
0: were there during a a complicated transitional moment, right? Like it was going public, API services were being taken away. Pause.
1: Pause. (laughs) Um, <laughs> how big did your team get, Mike? Oh, yeah, it, I made, first off, is it Michael or Mike?
2: I enjoy Michael. Michael. Um, it was a big era of transitions. We were making changes to uh, API policy. We were um, bringing new tools for publishers and developers to Twitter in terms of cards. I think the most dramatic thing we were doing is um, really shifting the whole company to uh, kind of mobile-first development so that was the mm. that was the biggest shift that was happening
0: now at that moment which now feels about 7 or 8000 years ago but was yeah. really not that long ago you had at that point you know a decade plus dealing with social self publishing behavior online and it it struck me as an outside observer and I knew you a little bit at that point that no one had prepared for what had just happened like it just was an explosion, especially as mobile started to happen, that there weren't even any conceptual frameworks for growth of that kind.
2: Yeah, I would I would completely agree with that. Basically, everyone was inventing everything as it happened. So everyone looks at both Twitter and Facebook and kind of everything that's happened since YouTube, Google, as uh, there was the kind of fate accompli, like there was this master plan. And of course, like everyone's just essentially building against a roadmap that was already defined. But that's really not the case. Like there's... Or winging it. There's just... Everyone's winging it all the time. Yeah.
0: What is it like going into an office when you truly have no idea what's about to come down the pike in a situation
1: like that? I've never had that experience. And Egypt just fell. That's the other thing, right? It's You're coming into the office and it's like, oh, where do we take this technology roadmap? But, like, the Middle East has fallen apart because of your product.
2: Right. It's uh, – I always talk about – like, I spent uh, two years at Twitter, um, and I talk about uh, that being essentially like being in a hurricane, where it's like weather – you know, you understand what weather is. Uh, but now it's like it's com- it's weather you've never seen before at a with force that you've never seen before. And it's chaotic. There's – ship flying all over the place you're essentially trying to keep you know the house together and then there's a newscaster out front trying to essentially make sense of it all and kind of tell the story <laughs> and occasionally you're in the eye of the hurricane and it's nice and blue and skies are blue and it's sunny and beautiful um, and then the other half kind of whipsaws you in the other direction all you're trying to do though is like you know when when that stuff is happening you uh, you just you just go to work I mean you just go to work you go and you have a schedule and you meet with your team and you're trying to ship good product and you're trying to make the right decisions and, and uh, you're thinking about you know, where the product is going and where it is and how you can make it better and you just get to work. And hmm. occasionally the windows just
1: blow out mid-meeting.
2: Yeah, occasionally the windows blow out mid-meeting. Um, what? There, were, there were a few occasions like that. So it's you're funny a- that
1: he's using the, the hurricane metaphor when you know the arab spring it just makes it sound like butterflies and flowers are coming out yeah it wasn't that though <laughs> and and so it's it's i never understood the arab spring like i never understood the phrase mm-hmm. i mean i'm 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 lebanese by the way michael and so mm-hmm. i kind of have a sense of how that part of the world functions so it was mm-hmm. very strange to hear it as like as if it was this blooming of right, like that, awakening or blooming yeah, or American, an awakening of, of some sort. Right.
0: Americans right. as we really like to think that democracy is going to flower if you sprinkle the seeds. And right. I think at that point technology was the seed. We didn't like it as much when the Bush administration was spreading democracy. We felt that that was like there was a lot of complexity in that plan cuz it involved like a trillion dollar expenditure and a lot of oh, lives. No.
2: A lot but, of tanks.
0: Yeah, a lot of tanks. Like it, We knocked over statues. So that was a big conversation in the world. But I think there was a sense that, oh, my God, these little phones. Empowering. Yeah, it was because we have a very positive narrative, a very excited narrative about technology. And suddenly you've got people rallying against really kind of nasty, despotic, horrible leaders and it felt really good it was exciting it was thrilling
1: to watch and it was enabled by these platforms hey, michael tell me what's the view from where you're sitting as that stuff's happening
2: i'm trying to you know it's it's basically like you're just kind of in awe you're just <laughs> kind of in awe honestly right i mean you know there's the comms narrative that happens right you know whether it's Arab Spring, or whether it's something that happens in pop culture, or whether it's some crazy conversation between, you know, two world leaders or something that happens on your platform, there's the comms narrative that happens that, of course, like, you know, this is the, these are the tools, this is whatever. But from an internal company perspective, there's, there are two things that, that happen. One is, there's a super sense of pride, right? Of, you know, people come to work every day because you're working on a, on something that, uh, that you believe is having a positive impact in people's lives, and that, is empowering technology like that's, that's the narrative that you believe in that it motivates you to uh to work hard and you think about your users and you think about the things that the product can do in the world and then the other the other side is you're keeping that that's kind of the story that's in your head and then the other side is i've got this bug to fix or i have this specter right or i have this you know meeting to prepare for and so right you know holding those two things in your head at the same time is sometimes difficult and so just The thing, you know, our CEO at the time, Dick Costello, was very, very good about, like, look, this is all, like, you know, on the run up to uh, the company going public, et cetera, there's a lot of positive press and there's a lot of momentum that the company had. And he was very, very good about saying, like, look, there will be darker days. Like, you can't believe all the hype. You just have to, we just have to get back to work. You just have to focus on every day making progress against the goals that we're setting for ourselves.
0: And what is, you're a product manager at at Twitter, which is, a pretty big job with a pretty broad mandate at that level it's a key role in the org what is that job like what 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 would the job description be
2: so i my history at twitter uh is short but um interesting i joined as a group product manager um, at the beginning of 2012 uh, to work on the platform so you know the first thing that i worked on was twitter cards uh, which are the things that essentially attach content to tweets. So now you see them as like story summaries and YouTube videos and et cetera. And so those, that was the first kind of feature that I worked on. And then I became uh, director of product management and then VP of product management um, on the consumer side. And at Twitter, there are two, uh, there are probably more now, but at the time there were two product management organizations, one focused on the, what we called consumer, which included essentially everything a consumer would touch and the developer platform. And then there's the um, ad side, which is all the monetization products. Um, and like I said, it's a whole separate technology stack and separate set of products. So I was managing product managers um, and eventually also the design team and the kind of localization, international, internationalization, te- international team. Uh, you know, but the, the primary responsibility is, you know, the consumer roadmap and organization of the PMs that, that uh, are building features with with engineers and designers every day.
0: Now, are you coming up with ideas in a job like that, or are you just listening to a million ideas and saying, let's do that?
2: Yes and yes. Some okay. of it's coming up with stuff. Some of it's listening to a bunch of ideas. Because it's really, um, and really it's a, you know, the product manager, if they're any good, is, is really like some of it's idea generation, but a lot of it is context setting. Like the thing that I... Uh, always have to remind myself and always work to remind product managers of is that really you have as a product manager three questions that you need to be responsible for answering which is um, what problem are we solving who are we solving it for and how are we going to measure success everything else like how are we going to solve the problem how are we going to bring it to market What are the needs that it has from a a feature perspective or a speed perspective? Or where should the button go? Or how should it look? Or how should the brand work? Like That is a team exercise. And you'll get much better results if you involve the team. But the product manager's job is to set that context of this is the problem that we're solving. And here's who we're solving it for specifically. And here's how we want to measure success. Because if you can set that context and you can give the context to the team, the team will produce much better results.
0: I have to say, as I've, as I've grown as a professional and a manager, it's amazing how much of work truly boils down to simple statements repeated almost daily. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's, as I hear you say that, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. You could, you would need to do that every day. For every, every work- day. Yeah, every day yeah, you just every be like, hey guys, <laughs>
1: remember, remember yeah,
2: let me ask a right. question. Right. It's, I always, about, it's always about it's always about setting that context.
1: I think we're almost up to date. Not you've left Twitter, and yes, uh, yeah. Oh so, yeah,
2: give me another year. Sorry, Rich, that was much more than three hundred characters.
1: It was a lot more. <laughs> well, <that> was <laughs> it was long. a good. It was a good chunk of characters. We dove though. in. It was, it was a, worth it, was it. it. I also just oh.
2: loved. Sh- I love for people to
0: to know what people do all day.
2: Yeah,
1: like,
2: literal tweet storm.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you leave in what? Oh, fifteen. Fourteen? Uh, I left I left the beginning of fourteen. Fourteen. And then you do you take some time off. Central yeah, America?
2: I took, a, I took about a year off. I took about a year off. That's a good amount of time. Did, yeah, I took about a year. It was great. I would feel very lucky that I was able to do that.
1: What did um, you do during that? What did you did you grow like hot peppers? I, or I dropped
2: the kids I dropped the kids off at school. Mm-hmm. I picked them up from school a lot. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, wait. Something happened in, in between, Yeah, in between
1: right? dropping them off and picking them up, Michael.
2: <laughs> I did a lot of reading. Uh, okay. I started running. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, I, did some, I did some writing. I did some reading. We did some traveling as a family. I did a bunch of cooking. Wow. Uh, you know, and eventually I got bored of all that, and I started to do some, you know, help some startups and do some advising and stuff like that.
1: Got it. Okay. So we're...
2: 2015.
0: You're, you're in the Bay Area through all this, too. Yeah. in like you're, yeah, you're yeah, totally. yes. At this point, you're in the middle of a, a pretty intense network. You could have gone and done something during that time, but you really wanted to have, have a moment to process. Come up for air. Uh, I,
2: need, I, need, I, I needed to come up for air.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So it's 2015. You took your year off. You're in great shape. You're cooking better. <laughs> great relationship yep. with your kids. The kids love you they do you know it's
2: like that's like a minor miracle one of them is now yeah. a t- teenager uh yeah so i was it's uh, i started to work like halftime i did like a halftime job uh with ev williams at medium ev and i had known each other for a long time and uh obviously through twitter but also through some stuff at blogger before so and six apart days so i started to do some consulting and and really what what was great is i got he gave me the opportunity to work with a really small team i got to work with a couple of engineers and the designer and you know four or five people and we you know we had our whiteboard and we put stickers on it and we decided what we wanted to ship and then at the end of the week we kind of looked at ourselves and said did we ship what we wanted to ship at the beginning of the week and I realized like that is what I loved because I had been you know spending a bunch of time on the year off thinking like oh well do I want to go get another big job like I had a Twitter or do I want to go you know there's a career path in the valley that goes manager director VP VC and do i want to go that route and uh what i really loved was loved was working in a really small team and kind of getting my hands dirty and so started to think about what that looked like
0: so ev put you F back in the game
2: he put me back in the game
0: come on sippy get god in here bless
2: him. god bless him
0: yeah come sit in yeah. our five acre offices and do some work.
2: <laughs> I, the funny thing was, I was actually already sitting in the five-acre office. So my wife is an art dealer and uh, and runs her business out of our home in Berkeley. And so I couldn't, like, hang out at home very much because uh, she'd be like, you can't be watching season two of Lost again yeah, on the your couch. Your time was up. Oh, so you, dropped, have, you dropped the kids off at flying. school,
0: and then you had to go yeah. find something to do. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. come back here.
2: So, right exactly so i went uh so i was coming into san francisco and i asked ev if i can have a desk at medium and he said well do you want a chair too because that'll cost you extra um for
0: those who uh, don't know ev that is like that's like a major ev joke like that's that's the real deal that's really funny
1: yeah in that in that (laughs) in that world (laughs) that is like actually kind of (laughs) hilarious
2: i know right (laughs) Okay, so so you start camping there. So I was like camping out, and he's like, well, why don't you come help us for a little while? So I did that for like six months or so. Then I decided that I wanted to start a company, and I had a few ideas, and one of them was what became uh, the talk show product and just was doing some kind of early kind of sketching and wireframing and started to talk to my co-founder, Greg Noss, about it, and it got him excited, and we both got excited, and then we... Started to build a little bit more and that got a couple other people excited and they were nice enough to, to, uh, uh, invest in the company. And we started a company and raised some money and built a product and launched it and ran it. And so wait, what was the talk show idea? What was the big idea you had? The big idea was that conversations are inherently kind of entertaining and interesting. This one, you know, your listeners will decide whether or not they yeah, enjoy. It, this one, it could get there. We'll, we'll give uh, see, it time. We'll keep working see. on it. Um, we'll keep working on it. But, but essentially they're how we educate and entertain ourselves. And there's something really interesting in that conversational dynamic. And messaging is how people have conversations today. And so the idea of talk show was uh, the tagline. Uh, and the idea was texting in public, where two or three or four of us could have a group messaging conversation where everybody could watch. So the form of talk show was a messaging app where every conversation was browsable and viewable, and uh, you anyone could start one. Uh, you could invite other people to join you, and then you could share them either uh, through the app or uh, on the web. So every conversation not only uh, was uh, obviously like messaging in, in the mobile application, but also had a permalink on the internet, because that's the way I think about the web, and uh, was shareable out to social media and they all updated live and in real time.
0: So it does one thing, but that's actually, as you're describing that, that's a lot of platform. You need a, a backend that can handle all that data and all the authentication. You need a yep. mobile, you need the web. I mean, there's Push. a lot of front end work. It's got to look yep. good.
2: So yep. this is a lot of work. Yeah. I, that's what I love about it, actually. Like, this is what I love about building products for the internet is that on the surface, they're like, oh, that's a, that's a kind of a, you if you do it right like that looks and feels really simple and that's a simple idea I can get my head around and you know it's classic iceberg right so underneath the surface is all of this stuff that actually makes it possible um, but yeah we built we built a full kind of real-time messaging backend. we you know used some stuff from some third parties used a lot of Amazon and we built an iOS application uh, I worked with a really really great iOS developer Rainer Crosby um, who um, wrote kind of every line of code that people interacted with on the iOS app. And uh, we had a Greg uh, built the back end, and had a great uh, web developer um, and a great designer. And so we had a small team of about five of us that were. That building is the sweet
1: spot, isn't make, it? In terms of size. I five think it person, is. Five like, person. I yeah, can conquer the world with yeah. a five person team. If it's the with right the five
2: people. person team, you, you can do a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do a lot. You
2: don't have the coordination tax. And yep. communication tax that exactly you do with the whole team. Sure, right. everybody's and, on one channel, and you have
1: enough. Right,
2: everyone's on one channel, and you have enough division of labor. That's right. That that you can actually get stuff done. Yeah,
1: and it sort of self-selects very, very quickly. If That's person right. person four on that team isn't running alongside, it materializes in like a minute. Yeah you, know really, yeah, you know
2: it. Yeah, you know it really fast. Yeah, right.
1: So you, know you really so you launched this thing. When did you launch it?
2: We. Let's, let's give you the general timeline. We raised money in last October, so about a year and change ago. We went to beta in and January. You don't, have, don't give me any, you
0: don't have to give me specifics if you're not comfortable. What well, like what does it like around how much money does it take? Like what do you what are you asking people to do?
2: I was very lucky because, as you said, like I left Twitter and I had a great network, and that was from working in San Francisco for 20 plus years and and uh, building a lot of products. You know, some of them that worked, some of them that didn't. And was lucky that I had what we thought was a really interesting and compelling idea. We can talk about that uh, in a little bit. And uh, was able to raise a very healthy seed round for an idea and a prototype. And so, you know, on the order of a couple million bucks. Mm-hmm. And so we did that in uh, in like October based on a prototype. We went to beta with a couple of hundred people kind of January, February. We launched in the App Store on April twenty sixth of uh, twenty sixteen, and uh, and then we it took us about six months. Uh, it took us less it took us about five months to realize, and then another month to kind of make the decision to actually uh, that it wasn't going to work. And so then we, we shut it down. On announced it was shut down on November first and took it out of the store, and then uh, we just closed the service on December first.
1: Just real quick, Paul. That's very recent. That's five yeah. days ago. Uh, yeah,
2: that's Sorry. true. It's true. It is. Yeah. We just, we turned off the service on, uh, completely on, uh, on December 1st.
1: So now, the frame d- real quick, is, Michael, you know, I've never been in this yeah. situation. Do you send the investors like an edible bouquet? <laughs> uh, I'll just like walk
2: you through the, I'll walk you through the history of it. Cause it's not, it's not, it's a pretty short history, but we launched, we had great, we had some great initial buzz. Mm-hmm. We had Fantastic support from Apple mm-hmm. featured us, uh, which drove a lot of downloads of the app and a lot of people that were that were giving it a shot. We had some really interesting uh, and fantastic people that were hosting talk shows uh, that I enjoyed uh, reading um, and following along with and engaging with. And we shipped three or four kind of big revisions to the app in uh, the six months that we were in the store uh, which I'm I'm super proud of the team and the work that we did.
1: So all the right things were happening. Like For those that don't know, you can't request to be feed- – like Apple no. just has – it's pretty much an editorial process. And not they only have th- to pick you out and
0: – Not only you- that, I mean it was solid working code built by a good team. It was right. iterating. It was responding to right. to feedback. I remember as
1: it was coming out, like it had good,
0: clear – notes and there was stuff happening
1: so all the things you wanted to have happen for a launch happened to a large extent and you guys executed i mean let's put us let's we're going to talk in a minute about what happened and how it was received and but you guys shipped let's not just gloss over that right you guys shipped a full-scale ready-to-grow platform
2: yeah uh we shipped and what i loved about what we built and what I love about the team that I work with and that we're still working together is we shipped and we shipped well and we shipped frequently and I think we shipped thoughtfully and really what it comes down to like I mean there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that we that we built that uh consumers never saw around reporting and monitoring and content moderation and all of those tools that we spent a bunch of time you know building in order to be able to manage a service like this and, you know, that's in addition to all the things that were on the kind of on the leading edge of the iceberg. And I think so what it comes down to is that we realized in talking with a bunch of users and actually having the product in market that really it came down to the concept was flawed. And that's, you know, 100 percent on me. Um, what what was wrong about the concept was getting people to do things simultaneously has a very, very high coordination cost. So you guys record a podcast every week and uh, you have someone that actually helps you manage that, right? So we had to schedule this. We put it on a calendar. You know, we had to set up a Skype call. You guys have recording stuff, like all of the, you know, rich there are cables on the desk that are bugging you. Like there's stuff that's like, that has to happen to make this happen. And that's, uh, that cost, that coordination cost was too high for a talk show for the payoff. And so here's the second problem. So if you can't get people to do things simultaneously, it's very difficult to get people to tune in and watch the conversation simultaneously, uh, which means if they're not doing that, then there's no opportunity to give your talk show host, the people who are actually chatting real-time feedback. So there's no kind of, there's no feedback loop. There's no dopamine hit of actually participating. And then it's like, well, if you did it and it you just, you know, if it was asynchronous, then, like, well, why would I do this here? And there's still even less opportunity for kind of for the kind of dopamine hit of feedback. And it just became like, well, if it's just a place where we're just going to go have a chat conversation and then publish it on the web, you could do that in a gazillion different ways. You could do it in uh, GChat. You could do it in Facebook Messenger and just copy and paste and then go publish it on the web. Right. Uh, there's no reason to have an app. There's no reason to have a platform. There's no right. reason to have a follow model. There's no. There's just no reason for talk show to exist and so when we kind of came to that realization it was difficult um and uh as i kind of characterize it to people it's like it was an intellectually easy but emotionally difficult sure decision.
1: that's right. that's what i was about to ask you i mean you're you're rattling off all the issues with your child yeah uh, no and that you've
0: built it i mean i know one or two people on your team there it's a great team that's a warm affectionate good team to have together and so i can imagine that's a source of stress too
2: right right so it's and you
0: you're know, supposed to be the, in
1: denial for at least a few months Michael. you're supposed to blame so, the market and the timing right, and maybe apple right, or right, you're supposed right. to look around and see who you can point fingers at because it's really only a year later that you write the medium post taking yeah. responsibility for what happened and it's just the most dreadful medium post too right it's a dark <laughs> so, I
2: wrote, so i wrote that post uh i did i actually wrote that post on a plane and landed and had a, and was talking with a friend about it. And she is like the, one of the most blunt, lovely people I know. And it's like, she's like, yeah, I don't publish that. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's like, for two reasons. One is that like, a, nobody gives a shit and B. Um, <laughs> and B it really like, they won't have the context. So like, who cares? Like, it, it can, you know, they're only going to like take little bits out of context and not be able to, and like, it's just, Wow. I mean, no, these no are, good that will come out of it, which is like such great advice. These like, are problems of immense privilege. Shut, our, yeah. Our blog post about the shutdown was like, it didn't work. We're shutting it down. The team stays intact. We're working on something new. Stay tuned.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, oh, so you're yeah. working on something new now.
2: Oh, yeah. So Did... the story is like I went to – so I went to my investors. Uh, our lead investor is uh, is August Capital, and uh, the uh, investor is David Hornick, who – was also on the board of Six Apart. So I've known him for a long time. Um, David is a fantastic human being, like one of my favorite people on the planet. So I go to David and, I'm, and I laid all this out, like here's why it's not working, and, you know, here's what's going on. He's like, well, you have a few options. You can shut down the company, and because we still we were not burning very much money and we have a whole bunch of money left in the bank. So he's like, you could, you could shut down the company and return the money to the investors. Okay. Um, and then go get a job, and the team go get a job somewhere. You could go try and sell the team, uh, I'm sure there's someone that would love to pick you guys up as an aqua hire thing and that would be and then you'd go and basically get a job. You could keep working on talk show, no one would fault you, but it sounds like from the conversation we just had that there's, you know, flaws and that's a bummer because like I like the idea and everybody else liked the idea mm-hmm. uh that invested. Or you could guys could go try to build something new.
1: Okay, so tell me about this food truck that you're gonna be <laughs> Well, Launching. Uh, well wait, let, me usually, let me say one
0: thing. We like tacos, so we're really
1: into...
0: <laughs> let me say Seriously. one thing here, too. Michael came and saw me, I think, like a couple years ago as he was forming the idea for a talk show. Uh-huh. And I had a little office at the School of Visual Arts at the time, and he, he sat down, and I was being really thoughtful, and he was really into this idea, and he, he pitched it to me. And, I mean, when you look at what's happened, I, had no, I was like, that's a great idea. Go do that. Like, it totally made sense to me. He's a you know. So you weren't just being nice. No, I mean, I, I was like, oh yeah, totally. Go f-, like, sure. It makes sense. I can it totally made sense see that. To and he had a good model. And he thought it all through. Like this thing was buttoned up and yeah. it looked good and it and it made sense. And it was only until it got into the market that yeah, you know, suddenly suddenly these flaws and these issues became apparent. But as we thought it through in that room, it was fine. It would look good. Yeah, I thought it was going to yeah. be great. Right. I was a little jealous. I'm like, "Huh, Sippy's going to, you know, take some. Of that. He's going to like have a little thing going. I don't have a thing going. So <laughs> like, maybe I should get in on this talk show. But I don't have any money. So yeah. I mean, I, I I remember that very specifically because like he was on a path, and I, I felt a little like left behind, and 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 also really believed in the concept. So it's very easy to to play these back, but in the moment, and as this went along, like I this includes me. I was like, cool. That yeah. seems great. You should totally do that.
1: Yeah. I got to give you credit for um, most will live in denial. Many people who've invested so much in a in a plan where the world doesn't seem to be agreeing with it, just keep going and, and, and just keep at it because it's just it's they're too tied up in it, right? And, I got to tell uh, you, though, I would trust this guy with my money having right. just
0: heard how he told me. About what happened and what went yeah. wrong and shutting it down while there was still money in the bank and
1: running it frugally. Well, I mean, we're on the other side of it. I got to imagine there must have been some tough days here, Michael, as you were thinking about what to do with this.
2: Oh, there were definitely some, yeah, very tough days. Right. They're very tough days. And like very, you know, it a, it's intellectually easy and emotionally difficult. Right. That doesn't make it, you know, easy all the way around. Right. It's that, you know... God, what does this mean for the team are people going to want to like how are we going to run this thing we got to we got to build a new product like how are my investors going to react like you get the ego stuff of like personal reputation and sure etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm also uh i mean i'll i'll say this because i'm not i don't people usually don't talk about this stuff but um for most of the year i've been seeing a therapist so it's like having actually someone that's totally completely not invested. And in fact, like you pay to actually listen to you, uh, like, like couldn't be less invested in your life, actually be the person that is like giving you, like helping you through, think through stuff has been incredibly helpful for me. So it's, that's like, like I feel again, like completely lucky to have been able to to do that, but it's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, that's the thing that for me has been, it's been helpful for me to, uh, to get through the kind of emotionally difficult part of it and realize like, that's uh the things that actually matter which are building things that you're proud of and making decisions that you that you are proud of and working with good people and so that's those are the things that are right. uh, the priorities
0: i mean it's incredibly smart to get that external reference especially because we're you're in the absolute beating heart of this particular industry you couldn't sit any closer to the beating heart i guess maybe if you went and sat at Facebook, you could, but like,
2: yeah, I think that's, I think that's actually, I think that, yeah, which is, you know, we have friends that are there.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And just having a human being who is like, I don't particularly care how many downloads you got. I I care that your relationships with other human beings are meaningful, that that's longer term going to be more important. And giving that person a couple hundred bucks to say that is totally worth
2: it totally worth it yeah totally worth it so, so all
0: all founders should get therapists that's a new part of y combinator <laughs> that i would like to propose. there's an arm
2: of y I, combinator i swear i think i think that's actually a really good I, th- I think it's actually a really great idea i i think that they probably should well if we can turn all, it I into a chat bot should. it might that's, we might be able yeah. to get some interest that's hmm. true just, that's right just put it on facebook messenger and uh, <laughs> I and mean, they know everything, every any they know all of the rest anyway. So, might so as well just tell them everything. Are you in stealth mode or can you tell yeah, us? Actually, uh... we're totally in stealth mode. I, I will, and like, I apologize for being in that mode because it's just, uh, it's super annoying and it's just generally not how I roll. Um, I'm a pretty, like, having been a blogger for a long time, like, I'm pretty, you know, reasonably open. Um, yeah, we're working on something that we're really excited about. I don't know what form the product's going to take yet. Uh, One of the things that I'm always trying to remind myself, especially after the last go-round, is coming back to those three questions of what problem are we solving, who are we solving it for, and how are we going to measure success? We know, generally, the space that we're going after. We're starting to learn more about who we're solving problems for and what types of problems they have. So I'm in kind of deep user research mode. And at the same time, we're exploring some technology stuff. So we're kind of half, we're like, building and researching at the same time
0: that's great i mean look we wish you every bit of luck when it's ready come back and talk to us
2: yeah definitely will yeah be fun
0: we'll we'll give you a big shout out (laughs) huge plug first of all i just want to say like i really appreciate that kind of transparency and it's there's a maturity that is the kind of precedent for this where you were able to separate the intellectual and the emotional, which I think is surprisingly for the technology industry, which prides itself on its logic, is unbelievably rare. People yeah. think they are not being ruled by emotion, but oh my God, are they? And yeah. you know talking to you, it's a very cl- you had a very, very clear reason for why you did what you did to build it and also why it was the right time to do something new. So it was yeah. just very impressive. I'm glad to oh. it's cool to hear it.
2: Thank you. It's,
1: it's hard to undo that. I, I mean, a lot of founders, even the ones that become successful or, you know, start off with the, you, there's needs to be a certain level of, of delusion because everything can be taught. You can be talked out of everything. Right. Oh, so, it's
2: so easy. Oh, it's right. So, this is the thing. Like one of the thing. like it's so easy to get talked out of. It's so easy to get talked out of anything. It's so easy to talk yourself out of anything. Of course. So um, you have so to. You, have, sorry, you have to believe. You just have to believe. You exactly that's the thing that gets you up in the morning otherwise you're just stuck right. like and here's the other thing which is that like you're never going to have perfect information so yep you know fine like we can go do a bunch of user research and and interviews and stuff about this thing we're looking at and then it turns out like well at some point we're just going to have a whole bunch of gray and mm-hmm. at some point you have to have faith in the idea of you know what you're going to go solve right to go to go build to just go do it just like Go, you know, open up Atom and, like, go edit some code and push stuff. And And try. Like, that's what has to happen.
0: Yep. There's actually very little barrier to doing it except in people's heads. Right. So, Michael, this was great. This was exactly um, what I hope for because it's just good to hear what's really happening and how people – truly do their jobs one thing we like to ask people to do is tell the audience how to get in touch with them what's the what if somebody wants to read something by you or talk to you what's the right way to do it
2: uh all right so if you want to talk to me my email address is m m-s-i-p-p-e-y at gmail.com uh feel free to email uh, i'm at sippy on twitter uh, dms are open if you want to dm me that way and uh, best way to read is, I mean, there's just stuff sprinkled all over the internet by now. So you can Google stuff. Oh, and I'll plug one thing, which is uh, because it's 2016, almost 2017, I'm really kind of trying to get ahead of the curve. And I have a tiny letter. Uh, so you can subscribe at tinyletter.com sippy. There are no archives uh, because... Otherwise, it would just be a blog.
0: We will include a link to your tiny letter at the bottom of our Medium post about this podcast Watch, that wow. we'll distribute on iTunes. God,
2: I, Huge.
0: I love See the internet, right? <laughs> That's it's the way coming it together. It's all just, so cool. just platforms <laughs> hugging each other. Well, Michael, thank uh, you so much. Thanks, Michael. Thank this you. was great.
2: Yeah, super fun.
0: Thanks, guys. All right. Come see us when you're in New York. Yes, sir. I will. All right. That Michael Sippy had some pretty smart
1: things to say about the internet, Rich. Well, it was a refreshing conversation, a frank, open conversation, because most things fail. I mean, this is the thing.
0: You don't hear that story very often, but 95% of the time, that's the story.
1: Well, if you, oftentimes when you talk to that founder, they'll tell you about how all the environmental things, externally, ex- the externalities that caused it to fail. You know, they rationalize it oftentimes. You can see, though,
0: why someone's going to trust that guy with a couple million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to tell you what he's going to do with it. And when it stops working, he he went right away and was like, hey,
1: I don't think this is working. He's very candid, very open, which is, I think, a big part of why people get behind him and trust him.
0: Relationships and trust are are kind of it. Yeah. So thank you to Michael Sippy for being on Track Changes. Rich,
1: what if I wanted to get in touch
0: with PostLight?
1: Uh, you can email us. Oh, what would I do? Contact at postlight.com. Contact we love, at postlight.com. In fact, we've got some upcoming podcasts that are just around the contact email, some pretty great ones. We um, really
0: do. We we get we've been getting some great email lately. Yeah. And
1: there's a lot to say. There's a lot to say. And if you you know, if you want to talk about your projects or whatever you're thinking about in terms of digital products, We're open. It's an open door.
0: I definitely want to take that moment to remind people that we are a business that we succeed when we are able to build things for our clients. And we love to hear from people who want to build big, complicated things. And the way that we work with you is we just give you free advice, and then we decide if the conversation should continue. So it's low stress. Contact at postlight.com. Anything you need, you just get in touch.
1: Paul, last I checked... I, don't, I, I look away these days. We were still at five stars. I don't know what it is today, but I'm going to assume it's still at five stars.
0: Look, I respect the opinion of the internet audience. There's it, only
1: one way to keep it at five stars.
0: I do. I, I, I really want people to go. Personally, I would take it as a personal favor. Mm-hmm. If the listeners would go to iTunes and they would review us and they would give us a star rating
1: of five or greater. That's the
0: only way this can work. I really think that it's in everyone's best interest and it's the way we'll all move forward as a community. Well said. This has been Track Changes. I'm Rich Ziotti. I'm Paul Ford. Contact at Postlight.com. We're here to help you.
1: Have a great week. Bye, Rich. Bye, Paul.